the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Senator, I got a note over the weekend from a very loyal listener who said, would you please ask Senator Cotton why he voted for this uh, horrible omnibus. And I explained to him, in my view, I would have voted for it because I need the national security money and the House might not be working for a couple of months. Why did you? Hugh, that's basically right. Uh, I understand uh, your listener's point of view. There's certainly a lot to dislike in the bill, um, but it does secure a sizable and badly needed increase in defense spending without an equivalent increase in domestic spending. And that's at a time that China is rapidly arming up and our troops, uh, in many cases, are struggling mightily uh, without a pay raise. Um, The bill also includes a few other smaller priorities like higher sentences for fentanyl traffickers, uh, the ban on TikTok on U.S. government devices. I got my amendment in at the last minute um, that adds the 9-11 families and the Beirut Marine barracks bombing families to the terror victim fund. Um, so those were good small wins in it. There's a lot to dislike in the bill, though, but I believe under the circumstances, it was the best practical outcome we were going to get, especially for our military. Um, after the new year, uh, while we're going to have a new Republican House, you're also going to have Democrats in charge of the Senate still, and I suspect they would have demanded a ransom in the form of tens of billions of higher, tens of billions of dollars in higher domestic spending than this bill contained. Uh, probably. Uh, not acceptable to a Republican House. So in the end, what you might have had is a months-long or even years-long stalemate with a series of stopgap funding measures that wouldn't have only lost the sizable increase we gained in defense spending, but also would have frozen defense spending and defense programs where they were last year. And I just think that's a, a dangerous and risky proposition given the threat we face from China. Now, all, all that said to you, again, I, I agree with your listener that a lot of bad stuff in the bill. And also, the process is not good. So what we want to do in the new Congress, and we want to do it early, you know, we want to do it in the spring. We want, don't want to do it in the third week of December, is find the time to kind of put our foot down and demand that Chuck Schumer um, do what I expect the House will do, which is bring up uh, the annual spending bills in an orderly fashion that allows them to be debated and amended and voted on separately. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Senate Republicans, whether they voted for or against the bill or committed that, we just have to maintain that focus in the spring. Yeah, Senator Cotton, Ken Calvert will be the chairman of the Defense Appropriations Subcommittee in the House. He'll be the chairman. They'll pass a responsible appropriation when the NDAA gets done in 2023. It will finally have at least a House version that fully funds it. Do you think there is a possibility, given the ominous nature of the war in Ukraine and of China's continued acceleration of armament, that you might actually get an NDAA and a defense appropriations bill through before summer? I mean, that would be a rational thing to do. I I hope so, Hugh. Again, this goes back to the failures of Democratic leaders during my time in the Senate, first Harry Reid and since Chuck Schumer, uh, to bring forward the defense authorization bill and the defense 
spending bill in a responsible, timely fashion. We haven't gotten to this position uh, because of a failure across the board of members of Congress to prioritize these fundamental tasks of government. Uh, it's because Chuck Schumer and Harry Reid and then the Democrats who march in lockstep with them thinks it's to their advantage to wait until the very last week of the year to pass both of those bills. And again, this is what I mean when I say we, we need to find a time to put our foot down early when Schumer has his priorities. And we say that unless we start addressing the nation's priorities as well, we simply aren't going to give you the uh, votes you need to move forward in the Senate on your business. Um, I, I don't know exactly when that moment will be. It'll take 41 Republicans and hopefully 49 Republicans aligning and staying in agreement and holding firm on something early in the year to try to force uh, Schumer to have something like a uh, regular and orderly process. Um, I do think the House is going to do those things, and that'll put, that should put pressure on uh, Chuck Schumer and the Senate Democrats as well. Now, I'm holding Only the Strong, which is Senator Cotton's new book. If you got a gift card for Christmas, you want to go get Only the Strong and get smart about national defense. Only the Strong, uh, a bestseller when it first came out, still selling strong. Senator Cotton, I want to ask you about uh, what Admiral Mark Montgomery, retired, said to me on uh, the last broadcast day before Christmas when the Admiral was on, that the Taiwan measures in the bill are the, first, the most substantive since the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979. Do you agree with that assessment? There are a lot of very good measures, and not quite as much as I would have liked, a lot of very good measures. You, you saw China once again sending dozens of uh, air, military aircraft in, around, in and around Taiwan's airspace just in recent days. It's a reminder of how important it is that we help Taiwan arm up and do so rapidly. Now, one of the things the Admiral told me is we don't even have the submarine production capacity in the United States to help the AUKUS countries Australia and specifically build their nuclear submarine force. Is that correct in your view? Yeah, Hugh, our, our uh, shipbuilding capacity to include submarine building capacity has fallen behind where it once was and where it needs to be. That's a kind of a, a story across our defense industry, still a leader in the world, but can't do things like, uh, can't produce things like basic munitions at a rapid enough rate uh, just for the war in Ukraine alone. So imagine what it would be like if we faced a war with China over Taiwan, uh, or imagine how Taiwan, China perceives our ability to deter China from going for the jugular in Taiwan, given the challenges we're seeing in our defense uh, industry right now. Now, Senator, I want to turn to Ukraine. Uh, I don't know if you made it to the Zelensky speech or not. Were you able to get there? Yes, I did. I always try to attend the speech of any foreign leader who speaks to our Congress. So what was your reaction to uh, President Zelensky's message? I thought the speech was well put. He expressed his gratitude to the American people. Uh, for their generous support for his military thus far uh, and reiterated that he's not asking for American troops to fight Ukraine's war for them. He's simply asking for the military support that his own troops need to fight that war. As he put it, Ukrainian soldiers are more than capable of driving American tanks and flying American aircraft. <laughs> I think that was a, a subtle point to President Biden, who continues, in my opinion, to uh, be uh, too frightful of providing more advanced weaponry to Ukraine, even though we now have a nearly year-long pattern of President Biden denying certain kinds of weapons like anti-aircraft missiles or HIMARS rocket systems or now Patriot missile defense systems that are then provided three or four months later, uh, when if they had been provided in a timely fashion, uh, you might not have seen the invasion occur in the first place, or you might not have seen Russia take so much territory that Ukraine has to fight to retake. 
Senator, are you worried about, you know, I, I am not worried about Ukraine invading Russia. I know that they sent a drone in to hit an Air Force base over the weekend. I know there's an occasional reciprocal attack, but I don't think there's anyone that doubts that Russia is engaged in systemic war crimes, that they are using missiles against innocent civilians and intentionally targeting civilians. Moreover, there are massacres in places like Bucha. Is there any doubt in your mind that Ronald Reagan would have advanced weaponry to Ukraine on the scale that we are doing so? No question whatsoever, Hugh. I think you can see uh, from what happened in <clears throat> Afghanistan, uh, which was a largely covert operation conducted by our intelligence agencies, that he did not have qualms uh, about arming um, partners and allies, especially the enemies of our enemies all around the world. Uh, the Ukrainian people uh, are not aggressors here. Um, They're not guilty. Uh, Russia launched a war of invasion uh, against Ukraine in February, and now Russia, as you say, is killing women and children and trying to make civilian population suffer. Um, I I think we should support those people in their efforts to fight back and defend their own territory, which, as Winston Churchill said early in the history of the British-speaking peoples, is the primordial right of any people to die and to fight and kill for its own land. So, Senator, I want to finish up on this. Within the Republican Party, as within the Democratic Party, there are voices that oppose additional aid to Ukraine. Some of the arguments they use are just flat out lies that Zelensky is a crook and things like that. Others are we are simply overextended. We need to take care of Americans at home. Does the conference ever debate this in closed session among yourselves sitting around a table? And if so, what is the argument against aiding Ukraine? This is like the easiest argument to make in the world because it's Russia. They are the enemy of NATO. They are the ally of China and Iran. We do not want them strong. We want them weak. And we cannot allow a sovereign nation to be trampled, especially when we guaranteed their frontiers in 1994. I think for a lot of people, there's a frustration about Biden administration's many failures. You know, one thing you hear from time to time is that Joe Biden appears to care more about Ukraine's borders than he cares about America's borders. Um, I think that's something of a non-secretary, though. We as Republicans can care about our borders first, and we can also care about the borders of our friends, especially friends who have had their borders invaded uh, by a war of aggression against by an enemy like Russia. Um, also, there's concern about inflation, uh, which I understand. Um, a lot of this money, though, um, is being spent on our own defense industry. It's being spent for our own soldiers who have been forward deployed to eastern NATO countries. Um, I think that's needful spending. I also don't think it has the same kind of inflationary impact that, say, the Democrats' $2 trillion uh, blowout stimulus bill uh, had early last spring, which launched a lot of this inflation. Those are two of the main concerns. Again, I think what we're getting in Ukraine right now in terms of of standing up um, for a world that is led by the United States, uh, that respects the rights of peoples to be secure in their own lands, uh, that doesn't allow aggressive dictators like Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping or the Ayatollahs in Iran to redraw the map uh, at their own whims um, is actually a pretty good bargain uh, for what we're spending there. Um, We're not putting our own troops in harm's way. We're not putting uh, or we're not risking the lives of Americans. And the Ukrainians have shown not only are they willing to fight over the last 10 months, but they're more than capable of fighting and doing so successfully. Last question, Senator. It's been almost three years since you were the first public official, elected official, to come on the air and talk about the Wuhan virus and to worry that we needed to close air travel. China is reopening air travel to the world, even as it's becoming a giant Petri dish for mutations of the COVID virus. Any concerns there? Yeah, I do have concerns, Hugh. 
um, you know, China has gone from a failed zero COVID policy to what I suspect is a failing let it rip policy. Um, they are still in many ways where we were in March of 2020, um, ill prepared for a large surge in COVID cases going into their hospitals. Um, and also, in a way, worse because of so many different variants now. Uh, one just hopes that uh, this new let it rip policy does not create even worse kind of variants um, that would then, of course, be unleashed the world. I suspect that, or I would say the Biden administration needs to be at least evaluating options uh, for further travel restrictions from China, um, given those circumstances. But uh, considering the fact that they labeled me and Donald Trump and others as xenophobic and racist and nativist when we proposed the first travel ban from China in January 2020, I suspect the Biden administration is not taking those steps. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.